Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have an education specialist, Mr. Cooper Conway. Commentator Young voices, this should be an interesting discussion. We're gonna chop it up about policy as it relates to K through 12 education. Mr. Conway, good to have you on the show, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you so much for having me, it's an honor. Absolutely, man, honor is mine. All right, I don't wanna presume what you know or believe about left-leaning or right-leaning policies and how they impact K through 12 education. So if you would, give us your sentiment and I will opine. Yeah, basically for me on the right, I'm mostly a big proponent of school choice. And that's really being allowing students and families to be able to choose an education that works best for them. Whether that's a public school, a private school, a charter school, a micro school, home schools. There's just a litany of options right now and they seem to be growing every day. Because we know that one size and one size does not fit all and that every child is different. So that's kind of my gist to how we should move forward when we're approaching the education system. Okay, I don't necessarily disagree with that. President Obama was a school choice Democrat. There are many school choice Democrats still in the US Senate and House of Representatives. So let's talk about this from the angle of what works. I try to keep things simple. I try to look at data, look at facts, look at the outcome and say, here's what works. Here's what we thought would have worked, but it did not. So let me take you to some actual data about school choice. Because you would have to admit that school choice obviously is not some great solution to the academic design that creates a significant remedy for education or the K through 12 educational system. That's not what you're saying. You're saying I still want parents to have the choice. Am I right on that or am I missing something? Yeah, I would say I still want parents to have the choice. Okay. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't say that school choice is a silver bullet by any means. Right. So let me break down one analysis that came from the Center for American Progress. This actually came out during the presidency of Donald Trump. What they found is that when you take public dollars away and you spend it on these private vouchers, the students that take advantage of these private vouchers by way of their parents engaging in the program, they actually perform significantly lower academically. According to the research that was done, it was a rigorous evaluation of multiple jurisdictions that included Ohio, Indiana, Louisiana, DC and others. They found that on average, these kids who took advantage of the voucher system program it was equivalent to them missing roughly 70 days of education based on their academic performance. They did not perform better, they actually performed worse. They were engaged in the voucher system program. So the exhaustive survey that was done, the research that was done was handed to the Secretary of Education at the time under Donald Trump. Well, they decided to ignore that data. See, I believe that there are opportunities to fix things. But when you lean in from a political point of view, rather than from a data centric point of view, you will try to hide data that's antithetical to the position you have taken politically. So it is clear that charter school systems or these private voucher systems that allow you to transfer to a charter or private institution, they do not necessarily create a better outcome for the student. And I thought we were doing this for the student. Am I right? Yeah, I think you are right. I would have to look at that study. But of the 17 studies on um, private school choice participant, uh, their test scores, 11 of them are positive, four have no visible effects, 
and then three have negative effects. I'm guessing one of those three is the study that you just cited. But overall, no, it's not. They- no, it's not one of the three. So let me explain the study that you just cited because I'm aware of that study. The institutions that were surveyed, those were institutions that were allowed to selectively accept or reject those vouchers. They did not have to accept those vouchers. They were allowed to say this student may be problematic. They had interest exams connected to that voucher program. And if that student did not perform on that interest exam, they were then rejected, creating a false positive as it comes, as it relates to the outcome of the performance of that student. Do you not agree? I'm aware of the study. Yeah. Well, I think I would say it kind of depends on the voucher program is a really small slice of what school choice is becoming right now. Yeah. Uh, education savings accounts, for example, are really the gold standard and that we're allowing um, children to be able to have the $15,000 on average and per people spending, um, be able to be flexible and allowing them to use that for homeschooling, um, private schools if they will accept it because you're right that some private schools will deny a student if they do not have space or do they do not, do not feel it would be a good fit. Um, but the flexibility we're having right now is um, is really kind of unprecedented. And we're seeing that a lot of families are benefiting, especially um, over this past year in this time of COVID um, when flexibility was needed more than ever. I'm not an anti-school choice guy. As a matter of fact, I have some friends that work in that market. Uh, they are Their heart is in the right place. I just want it to work, brother. You, you gotta understand my point of view here. I want it to work. If it works, I don't care that it may not be the partisan thing to do as far as left leaning politics is concerned. But based on the data, the analysis of the data says it does not create the solution that it proclaimed to create. Remember, we've been doing voucher system system since the 90s. Okay, so these voucher systems have been around state, you've had some federal um, renditions of them, but they have not been effective as people said they would be. So let me bring your attention to places that have robust voucher programs. For example, Texas, okay? Under the governorship of Rick Perry, when they created their massive voucher system program, in Texas, Texas went from 46th to 50th as it relates to academic graduation. K through 12 graduation actually dropped. Once they implemented the charter program for private vouchers or private money to go to these private schools or public money to go to these private schools. Explain those variances because once again, this is always sold to people, to voters, to parents, to taxpayers, that this will create a better and more equitable outcome for the child. But time after time again, we see that it creates the opposite impact. As a matter of fact, Eight of the nine states that have the worst graduation rates are run by governors that support voucher programs. Mm. Uh, Dr. Rashid, I, I just want to clear something up. Are you talking about charter schools in particular here? Or are you talking about voucher programs uh, in particular? Both, so voucher programs are allowed to be transported into private charter institutions. Uh, so both, right, private schools and charter schools, yes. Okay, so here's where I think that we can find some common ground. Okay. I think that you and I both agree that not every charter school and not every private school is going to be successful. Um, however, there are charter and private schools that are successful. Mm-hmm. And so for a child that is basically being uh, trapped into these public schools with this uh, um, attendance zoning, if they have that opportunity to go to a private or charter school and have those dollars follow them, I think that's a benefit. Especially considering that our public school system for a long time was um, racially discriminatory and especially based off of the absolute, uh, the redlining maps. Well, you have to let me opine on that point, brother, yeah. because the data shows that these private institutions are more segregated than even the public school system. Um, 
from the, the studies that I've seen of, of the seven studies based on integration for these private school choice programs, six of them have positive effects and only one have a negative effect. So No, but we're talking about actual integration. Yes. Uh, integration of private institutions, you take all private institutions in America, private institutions are significantly more segregated than public schools. Public schools are segregated too, so don't get me wrong on that. And once yep. again, brother, I'm not arguing against the methodology. What I'm saying is there's something that's not working in the methodology that we must address. And, and let me bring you back to what public education is, right? Because a lot of school teachers are blamed, obviously, for a poor academic, academically performing school. But what is a school? A school is a socioeconomic reflection of the community around that institution. So I think it's unfair when we lay all of the blame at hardworking school teachers. My mother is a school teacher. I was adopted by a woman who's a school teacher. And she instilled in me values as it relates to education and life and how to treat people, right? So that school I came from was considered to be a low performing school, right? That school was simply the reflection of the community. And so you have to engage in holistic remedies that can address things like poverty, homelessness, etc. Because for many of, many of us that went to these schools, we ate one meal a day and that was at the school, right? So if you don't have a holistic strategy to address those issues that lead to poor academic performance, you're going to continue to blame it on the school rather than fixing the problem that's right in front of us. Yes, I completely agree. Um, I understand uh, my dad is a teacher, yeah. um, my grandparents are teachers as well. All too often, hardworking teachers that are just trying to make a difference are the ones that are put at blame. And we really do not know uh, what's going into a child's life before they even step foot into the school, um, the hardships that they may be facing. Now, school choice, I believe, can help solve this in one way. Is that if we take the average per pupil spending, which is around $15,000, and say there's a single mother who is a teacher, but just can't seem to find a job right now or is just struggling, and she's a single, she's a single mother of three, and we give her the $45,000 to use to educate her child and homeschool them, the average cost for educating a child is around $600 to $1,200 based on studies, and we can give the rest of the money. Rest of the money to that family, the mother, because she is the teacher and she's being employed. So we can also help create a job. And in one way, um, that can really help a family um, kind of break this gap. But you make some assumptions here, uh, my dear brother. And one of the assumptions you make is that that mother wants to be a teacher. <laughs> That's an assumption. Uh, and I would not make that assumption as it relates to policy. Th that would be a massive policy directive. Obviously, the majority of parents would not take advantage of that policy directive because their career is not teaching. All right, so you understand the policy doesn't impact the whole. I'm looking for policies that impact the whole. You and I agree that there are methodologies in education, such as elements of school choice, that can be beneficial if the execution is proper. But we have failed on the execution part of it, dear brother, and we have decided to create debate and argumentation on the thing itself, rather than making sure the thing works. Once again, reverse engineer the data. The outcomes do not suggest that these private voucher systems give our students a better academic outcome. That's the data. 
I don't know if I necessarily would say that it's true in totality. And I would also say that we shouldn't be looking at just test scores and measuring the success of these programs. While I, my studies are saying that the educational attainment and the success of the test scores for students in the private school choice programs is successful and mostly positive. I can also point to that once these programs are put in place, that public school choice student or public school students um, where these private school choice programs are put into place, their test scores go up as well, even if they aren't directly participating in the program. Not to mention that 25, um, 28 of the 30 studies done on parental satisfaction, 28 of them are positive. Um, and this is maybe the increase. So let me go back to one of the, can you cite where you got uh, that data from uh, that yep. the outcomes are better? Yeah, so I would go to EdChoice and I would look at their total collection. EdChoice Ed Choice has totally opposite information than what you're talking about. I'm look, I'm, I have it right here, the overall effects of private school choice programs. Yeah, but EdChoice publishes totally antithetical information of what you're promoting right here. They say what? the exact opposite at EdChoice as well, based on peer reviewed research. What, what, what are they saying exactly? That the outcomes are not significantly higher, and in many cases, they're actually lower. I just read one to you that showed that the voucher system program, based on the analysis of DC, Louisiana, Indiana, Ohio, showed that those students performed academically worse with that voucher program, and it was the equivalent of almost 70 days out of traditional high school learning. And the element that we haven't even discussed. Is the fact that the voucher program, that's taxpayer money. That taxpayer money is then taken out of a school system that you and I both agree is already underperforming and really needs the resources to continue to elevate the academic prowess of these children. Now we create a program to take more money away from those institutions and leaving the majority, 92%, leaving 92% of those public school children without <clears throat> proper funding. Because in the best case scenario, only 8% of students will qualify for the voucher program. So let's say if they max it out, you take out eight students, 8% 8 of the students. You have now defunded that program by 30%. You have left 92% of those students there that cannot get out of that situation. You have defunded them and now they're in a worse overall situation. The policy has created winners and a massive amount of losers, right? I think I would push back on that a little bit. As I would ask you, what is the proper amount of funding for education? Since 1960, per pupil spending adjusted for inflation has gone up 280%. Okay. Now, this hasn't reached all children equitably. I would admit, I would be the first to admit that actually, just because of certain funding systems that I think are outdated in our system. Um, but also, I still think that the effects of these private school choice programs are having mostly positive effects on these public school students, as we're seeing in their increased and positive affected test scores. But then I would also come back to you, Dr. Ritchie, and ask, why are these students wanting to leave these public schools so much? Well, many times it's the parent. And so let's look at this for what it is. Those schools are reflections of that local environment. And there are many people looking for answers, brother. And yes. That is an answer, it just isn't effective policy wise. We're talking about statistical outcomes. Another answer is to make sure we hyper focus on some of the problematic elements that lead to the dysfunction in academic performance. Those are to me touch points and focus areas that are now, now we are distracted from because of the debate about school choice. School choice is a plethora, all right, it includes charter system, it includes private vouchers, it also includes homeschooling. But I think school choice 
should include a massive focus on doing what needs to be done through, I don't care, a SWOT analysis, an educational comprehensive educational study to say, what is the disconnect between our students and the curriculum we are teaching? Why do we not fund programs that could actually find the root of the problem? And you can't say the challenge is the same because challenges are different per district. But we don't have federal programs nor state agencies that are willing to be thoughtful enough to do an, an exhaustive review of those local schools to find out where's the disconnect. Instead, we create these policies that show outcomes do not massively change. And for many of these students, they are simply underperforming when they go to the next level. And remember, brother, these private schools are rejecting some of the students that need the education the most. And at the end of the day, you still have not solved the problem for the majority of the students, even in the best application of the voucher program, the voucher program does not work, is not available, does not have the capacity to allow 100% of the students to participate. It is a flawed document because it doesn't solve the actual problem. I think I would respond to that and say that our public education system for a long time has not exactly innovated. And I would say that school choice, um, one of the main proponents of it is that it allows for innovation within the system. And so charter schools, for example, are a great example of this. And that New York charter schools, um, once they're created, have a, a major wait list right now. But Dr. Tom Sowell in his recent book looked at 23,000 students who are in charter schools that are actually within the same building of public schools. And he, founds that, he finds that the educational gap um, is absolutely squashed by these charter schools because of different innovations that they're promoting, um, whether that be curriculum design um, or discipline within the students. And I think that that is something that the innovation that school choice provides is a model that can speak to the problems that you're talking about with our Yeah, public. and I actually like that angle of uh, charter school systems. And one thing about the good doctor that he also admitted is that these school systems have the ability to be more selective. And you have to weigh that into the variables. He did weigh that into the variables because if you fail at attendance, if you do not have parent participation, those charter schools can kick that student out. Public schools do not have the luxury to do that. Once again, we're back to the actual problem. How do you create a policy that works for at least, damn man, at least most of the students? Because the policy of the voucher system at best can only work for 8% of the students in that district. That's not a solution, brother. Well, I think what you're saying there is, is once again why I'm such a proponent of the ESAs and really expanding that to every single child, no matter their background, no matter their district, no matter their area, so that they have more access. And then also- And I, I'm actually in support of that, by the way. I, I am in support of an educational fund for parental distribution if they choose to. And I think I was, as you were saying with Dr. Soul in terms of them being selective is that a lot of the selection is parents are looking for other options. And so some parents aren't necessarily informed. And I think that's something that the school choice movement can be better at in yeah. terms of informing parents to the options that they have. So parents who might be looking for them can access them. Yeah, so we can agree. We are both pro-choice as it relates to education. I simply am submitting to you that we have to reverse engineer what the outcomes have been and figure out what the disconnect is. Because even with a massive pro-choice dynamic, we're still not getting the hyper academic outcomes we were told this would bring. Brother, I appreciate you coming on the program. You can come back anytime. Thank you, it was, it's an honor to talk to you.